Thanks for listening to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? We're stoked to be back for season five, and this year we're coming back bigger and better than ever. That's right, Michael. You've been busy over the off-season. We're now on Instagram, X, YouTube, and TikTok. And, of course, you can listen to us on all podcasting platforms. Now it's time for another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? Hello and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League. My name is Emmanuel Penkless and joining me as always, Michael Corbin. Michael. Emmanuel. Another what, what quiet a, week a, in rugby league. Tumultuous okay? week <laughs> in rugby league where the, third, where the Sunday afternoon four o'clock game ends up with the referee making a decision or in previous cases not a decision that may have or may not have cost teams matches and points and yeah, <laughs> a lot going on. A lot, a lot, a lot going on and not for the good reasons. No. So just over 48 hours ago, a match ended in absolute acrimony and not to be outdone, Rugby League decided that wasn't enough so we'll do out, outdo ourselves in the next 24 hours. Um, we'll touch on these things and in some instances just touch on them and that's it. Um, I think Sunday first, Mike. Yeah. Uh, so for anyone that has been living under a rock... Uh, there was a bit of drama at the end of last Sunday's game. The Tigers were on track uh, for an incredible upset, having led uh, the Cowboys in Townsville uh, at half time. Uh, they had a comprehensive lead. I think it was about 18-4. Uh, and then Cowboys' slow second-half comeback uh, with <laughs> with um, a bit of... Uh, with with uh, like five minutes to go, it was 25-22. Um, 25-18 actually and then the the Tigers scored two tries in the last five minutes to take a 26-25 lead the Cowboys made their way back from the uh, dead ball line Tigers made their way back from the dead ball line um, no Cowboys made their way back from the dead ball line for the kickoff to the Tigers uh, Valentine Holmes kicks the ball off uh, and somewhere between kickoff and um, 6 p.m. news, there was a bit of a debacle. Yeah, that's an understatement. Uh, Valentine Holmes kicked the ball off. Uh, a Tigers player ended up catching the ball. But in the period between a Tigers player catching the ball, uh, another Tigers player was running towards what looked like the ball yeah. with his eyes on the ball. Yeah. A Cowboys winger named Kyle Felt also was doing the same and then decided that he would change careers <laughs> and try for an Oscar and flailed and fell and got a penalty. Uh, sorry. Uh, the Tigers players caught the ball and then, by the words of Graham Annesley, yep, yep. a soft whistle was blown. Mm. Have you ever heard the term soft whistle before? Uh, in in the last 24 hours or in the 30 years before that? The 30 years before that. <laughs> <laughs> soft whistle. A it's soft now whistle. a soft full-time and a, and a hard full-time? Is, is yeah. that what we so have So normally when you hear that full-time whistle, it's two whistles. It's a soft whistle and a hard whistle. 
I never knew this. I knew that there was two whistles. There are people yeah. who have been in rugby league for 50 years who never knew yeah. this. <laughs> this is and, breaking and new ground. So what happened was the Tigers players caught the ball, the game stopped, and then uh, referee, what's his, Chris Butler, yep. ran over and seemed like Ashley Klein, who was in the bunker, was in his ear saying, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Can you give me a kind of you? Something's going on. Something's going on. And then... Uh, Chad Townsend challenges the play, which apparently is allowed, and play was overturned, and it was a penalty to the Cowboys. Valentine Holmes lines up the kick, wins 27-25, Cowboys win. Secure second spot on the ladder. Keep Tigers in last place. And all hell broke loose. As James Graham so aptly put it, and this was my favourite call, uh... The Tigers, someone came in with a balaclava, a sawn-off shotgun, and robbed the Tigers. <laughs> it, it is actually, it is, in the scheme of the top eight, it's a huge decision because it puts the Cowboys two points clear. They have a superior for and against to, um, to third and fourth. But they're two points clear on 28 points of Cronulla and Brisbane. Uh, and if the Cowboys weren't given those two points by the NRL... Um, there would be three teams on 26 points and three teams on 24 points, and it would have meant a real logjam. Uh, Mike, yep. this was captain's challenge of a non-decision by the bunker. Yeah. Does yeah. this happen if we don't have the captain's challenge? Is this another situation of let's introduce a rule because someone in some comment section on some online forum thought it would be a fantastic idea without thinking through what it was uh, and what the implications of it might be. I'm going to say no. And I've seen the captain's challenge work in other sports and I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Right? I think it's a good thing. But by the rules, a captain's challenge can only be used when there is a forced stoppage in play. Whether a knock-on, a penalty, the ball goes dead in goal, or a try-scoring situation, right? That's a try-scoring situation reviewed by the bunker anyway. Yeah. The full-time siren is not a forced stoppage in play. It's just the end of the game. It's a general tackle. There was no error by the Tigers player. There was no false doings by the Tigers player before... So the, like, the, the penalty wasn't called before the player was tackled, and therefore it's just a tackle. Yeah. The bunker, there's, there's the no, bunker, there's no, there's yeah. no grounds to challenge that call. Yeah. But the bunker intervened. Yeah, the bunker didn't decide it was a penalty, and it was gone up as a challenge from um, the Cowboys. Sorry, I'm so confused by the fact Chad Townsend is no longer at the Cowboys. I just can't get it through my head. I nearly said Cronulla. Um, I, I have a huge issue with this because. What is to stop general play on the fact that a team thinks it should just be a penalty and so they're going to call it at that point in the game for no apparent reason? And look, we've seen... I mean, there's, there's, the, there's times in the game where we see players deliberately give away a penalty to challenge something that happened in that play. Yeah. Right? We've seen this happen. This didn't happen in this case. And, and I... The NRL... <clears throat> The NRL has come out 
and dug themselves big holes. They've said one, uh, the challenge was allowed, which I have the only person who I have heard said that the uh, the cap the challenge is allowed is the NRL. Yeah. And then they came out and said, even though the challenge was allowed, Ashley Klein in the bunker got the call wrong and it shouldn't have been a penalty to the Tiger. It's like, just admit to your faults. And I think Chris Butler was the one in charge in the Raiders-Dragons game as well a couple of weeks ago. Bad, bad few weeks for him. Um, Ashley Klein has been dropped from this. Uh, and everyone's... And like, look... Sometimes calls are going to go your way. Sometimes they're not. Todd Payton came out and said, we got one. Right? They happen. But this just, this was at an all-time high. Like, this this might have been one of the worst calls in the last three, four year seasons, from my recollection. Yeah. I I really don't like it. I, I don't like where any of this is going. I don't like the, the cans that's opened up. I don't like this idea of the Tigers sort of wanting to go down this path of litigating and, you know, this yeah, determination that's and a the whole board, other, a whole the board being front and centre for these two points because the wooden spoon is on the line. When the board has been missing for the past 10 years and churned through six coaches to end up with the same coach they sacked that started all this 10 years ago is just the most stupid part of this process. Yeah. And this, I, I hate this idea of challenging this result, okay? you it, At the end of the day, it's... You play to the whistle, right? That's that's the policy we're all taught, and that there that's the decision that's been made. It sucks. The Tigers are probably going to end up 16th. The Cowboys are probably going to end up outright second, but it, it, we can't go down this path of, of of a team trying to sue the NRL to get two points back. It is just a waste of everyone's time. I agree. I think going down that path, you, I I understand that you're angry and furious at the result, but to try and challenge and then what this may do to the NRL, like it, integrity-wise, is just it's it, it's unnecessary. It, the Tigers don't get anything out of getting those getting those two points, other than not being the shame of the league again. Uh, and I I agree with that. My 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 one worry is what rule are they going to try bring in to curb this and stop it from happening in the future? Because we've already seen, you know, ah. Oh, uh, to, to stop uh, players milking penalties, uh, lying down and getting 60 again tackles, why don't we let the players play out the whole set uh, before... And that's that's when the full-time siren goes. Okay, Someone's so, going to come up with a ridiculous yeah, rule okay. to try and counter this. So, okay, look at this. And so that's going to be the Two wrong weeks approach. ago, the rule was we play out a set. This yeah. week, the rule is that the set should never have happened. So what would we end up in a situation if that set should never have happened, the penalties awarded, okay, they decide, you know what, we've got a whole set, we're going to go for the try. What's going to happen then? Yeah. But, like, it is an absolutely ridiculous situation. Yeah, we're going to spend the next minute of a non-entity set talking about a try that shouldn't even be attempted. It, it's just, just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Get rid of the captain's challenge. It's a waste of time. I can confirm and exclusively reveal here tonight that the only reason that Michael has any faint <laughs> appreciation for the captain's challenge is based in a statistic he sent me earlier this week <laughs> where the Roosters of 2022 have had 17 captain's challenges attempts um, for a success rate of 65%. And a total challenges attempted 56 with a total success rate of 52%. 
It is exhausting. It is already that we have a situation this year with the bunker intervening on the on the HIAs. I and I'm going to get to this a bit later too, but I feel like there are so many stoppages in the game now. We already just the bunker is interfering in different ways. I don't like the captain's challenge. I, I don't like having the bunker because it never ends up being about what the decision is meant to be. We always end up going to something else in the play that wasn't looked at or wasn't going to be the target of the challenge. And it just gets overruled for a different reason or inconclusive because of this or we correct another mistake. Just leave, like, leave it. Leave it. Just I, tries I think, only. I, I, think the pro- I think the problem is that the referees are becoming too reliant on the bunker as a safety guard, uh, knowing that if they make some sort of mistake or they they might miss something that the bunker's there to cover them up. And that's not the right way to approach it. It should be the bunker is there as a very last resort if something really bad happens. But it's the tail feeding the dog, isn't it? Because the the mentality is that the ref is sort of so pedantic about the bunker checking up on it. So our solution is to bring the bunker more into the game that it ends up correcting every little human error that a referee makes. And so it's kind of like, okay, instead of inviting the bunker in, let's just have the bunker call the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's bad. And the system needs to be changed. And we... this yeah. No, don't, don't change the system. Change the system back. <laughs> just don't change it more. Leave it alone. Like, undo it. Rewind. Get rid of the bunker. Bring back video referee, the little TV symbol that they used to do. And, and you know, just do it like that. Do it like that. Keep it simple. There's too much reliance on the bunker, I think. Oh. All right, let's leave it there. I'm sure there'll be another howler of a call in the next couple of weeks. No doubt. <laughs> and um, not to be outdone. Not to be outdone. So it's Women in League Round this week. Uh, and obviously, Women in League Round is becoming a more and more relevant in our game given female participation uh, in the boardrooms of clubs. Uh, uh, in the participation rates of clubs with the expanding women's league, the expanding state of origin, obviously got a huge presence in our game. Manly decided to go uh, one up on that this week and yesterday released a, a pride jersey, uh, which is sort of for the, anyone that hasn't seen it and has been living under a rock for the last 24 hours. Uh, it's sort of Manly's normal strip with instead of their usual sort of white dashes above and below the points bet logo it, it's a it's a rainbow colored dash um and it, it was sort of revealed that manly were going to wear that this week to sort of go one up on women in league round and, and acknowledge um pride and um there's been a bit of fallout here because manly decided to sort of announce this and go with this approach without really consulting the team or without consulting the coaching staff. This is according to Des Hasler today in his statement. Uh, And there's been a bit of pushback from uh, at least seven players in the team who have stated they don't want to play this weekend uh, because on religious grounds they don't believe in in what the jersey represents. So uh, pretty dramatic, I think, for for a team um, or a selection of the team to take this approach. Um, and the, that is going to continue over the course of the week. So Manly's named a team, which we will get to in a bit, uh, which is rather depleted. And I just think, it, for, for me, it's, um, it's just another, another day in rugby league with that sort of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, look, I think 
Manly had the right intent. The Manly marketing department, which I think is the people responsible for this, uh, had the right. I, I think had a, a, a good idea and the right idea. Uh, however, the execution, which Des Hasler has said, was poor. Uh, they had come up with this idea to wear a pride jersey. Apparently, the board and the players uh, and the coaches weren't consulted, and therefore, these players do not want to wear this jersey and represent what this jersey stands for. I was it's just, it's, yeah. it's, I was quite it's, sympathetic to um, Hasler and DCE for having to face the press conference. Yeah, team. and I think they did. This a, doesn't they, fit. They did a, They did a, a good job considering the circumstances. Yeah. Um, um, I know it was a pre-written. And I don't know who wrote it. Um, yeah. It could have been Des because he's incredibly smart and at the best of times he's, he's very um, sort of careful in his wording. But I, ju- I just feel like it was a... It was um, just... I, I actually I actually felt it was really unfair for Hazler to be put in that situation. Uh, regardless of whose decision it was, it, it probably should have been more of a board point for someone to get up there but I guess on the basis that the football I th- team I think Scott Penn who's the owner of the club has also come out and said that he stands by the decision to wear the pride yeah. jerseys yeah. Uh, so there, there have been people who have spoken up but as I said the fact that and look some people can argue why does there need to be consultation and everything should be inclusive um, it, it's a really tough tough ground to tread on uh, and I don't know what the approach is, but unfortunately, Manly are going to be a depleted side this week. Uh, and, you know, they've come out, they've tried something, and it's it's backfired, unfortunately, when it this something like this should have worked. Yeah, and it, I think the, the frustrating thing is probably that that has just sort of overshadowed the rest of um, women in league round, yeah. uh, which, as we said, is just becoming bigger and better every year. Um, I know that I love the Souths where instead of their uh, red and green, they would do a pink and green strip. Um, and every every club just sort of really gets into it. And there's more women teams than ever. Um, they had a big function this morning for the women in league at um, rugby league headquarters as well. So just another day. Yeah. And look, those jerseys sold out as well. Yeah. Um, not everyone's going to be a fan of it. But uh, I know one person who did appreciate what they did and wasn't happy with his response was response was Ian Roberts, who is a club great. Yeah. Uh, and he's come out and said he's devastated by what the the actions that have taken place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that leaves uh, Manly a bit short for the clash on Thursday night, which we will get to in a moment. Now, having a quick look at the ladder. Yep. That is a, it is going to be a big game, Mike. It's 8th versus 9th. Uh, Manly and the Roosters... Uh, so Roosters overtook Manly, snuck into the eight on the back of their big win over Newcastle. Really improved their for and against. Uh, and with Manly uh, in that surprise loss to St George, I think we could call it, a really teetering, I think, uh, yeah, on that like, and this, spot. This is, this is a crucial game. Yeah, and they had the advantage. It was at home. The Roosters traditionally don't perform well at Brookvale Oval. Uh, and that game is not always played at Brookvale Oval either. No, sometimes played at the Central Coast. Exactly. So that is going to be a spicy challenge. Before we get to that, tipping. Two big winners last week. Eleni Brooks, Paul Nicholas Trahanis. Eight out of eight. Outstanding. Uh, then a, a huge collection of seventh places. You and me. Yep. 
Mark, Mish, and Joanna. Uh, quite a few sixes as well, and then everyone else who's just clearly not tipping anymore. Um, but on the overall scheme of things, Gab is still an outright first, one point behind, ahead of Nick Saturis, who's one point ahead of me, and then John and Joanna uh, equal fourth. Peter G and Michael C round out the top eight. Yeah. Uh, I've had a couple people ask me why you aren't revealing your tips each week. Ah. Yeah. Well, as given, I... Rec- given your standing on the ladder. Well, at the start of the season, if I recall, I'm pretty sure that because you were the elite tipper amongst the two of us, <laughs> my, my, my tips were not worthy of sharing. No, no, and- no. no. You... <laughs> Don't don't try and spin this. Look, you said that the pressure of putting your tips in yeah. was too much. Are you cracking under said pressure? Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. I'm just asking why. Look, it's <laughs> like Michael. I know. I know you. You really um, value your worth, but to call yourself a few people have asked me when really you're the one that wants to know. Just like if you want to know why I'm not doing it, it's because. Well, do you want me to do it? Is this what this is? I think I think it's time that you start revealing your tips. <laughs> hey, look, every week I've given a contribution and I've been like, mm, I probably wouldn't have done that or I probably wouldn't have done that. That's my helpful tips. Okay. You've chosen to ignore them yeah. at, your peril. Ahead of me. <laughs> at your peril. At your peril. Had dragons lost like they should have <laughs> and manly won, we'd at be even. At your peril. <laughs> yeah, dragons lost and that was the one I made up because the Broncos won and that was the one I, I got wrong, yeah. so... Which actually shows that two games worth one point each are not actually worth the same. No. Because if you less people would have just would have tipped the dragons than would have tipped the Broncos. Which means you can overtake them. Yeah. Wow, that was really deep. Mm. Uh, too much, you think? <laughs> yeah, let's get into round twenty. That's a really good idea. Okay, so Thursday night, Four Pines Park, Manly host the Roosters, ninth against eighth. Always love this game. Uh, so, outs for Manly as of Tuesday at 7 p.m. Jason Saab, Christian Tupolotu, Tol- uh, Tolu Kula, Josh Aloye, Hamula Olokowatu, Taofoa Sipley, and Josh Schuster. Um, so, Manly have brought in two debutants on the wing in. Pio Secchi, Secchi and Alfred Smalley, while Kurt DeLewis and Ethan Bullimore also join the starting side. Jake Trebojevic, Croker, and Andrew Davey all return after missing round 19. Sean Kepi's been named on the bench despite suffering a shoulder injury against the Dragons. Uh, Secchi Aro is joined on the, is, uh, on the bench for his first game for the club, and um, Tapao and Morgan Boyle also on the bench. For the Roosters, Joey Manu back on deck. Hutchison slides to the bench, which means that the Roosters' defence on the right-hand side will be tighter. Uh, Lindsay Collins returns from the concussion he suffered in Origin 3. Matt Lodge goes to the interchange. Terrell May and Adam Kieran are the two men to drop off the bench. Out of the players who are remain, Actually, no, Takiaho is still out. Um, and he will come back. Look, this Roosters side is getting better uh, every week. I think at the moment their form, other than the last five minutes of that game where we kind of switched off, the the attack that have, the Roosters have been so famous for the last few years, you know, that up the middle, Radley, Tedesco, Kiri, that that's coming back. And 
I think the move of Sam Walker to number seven and moving Kiri back to the number six jersey, which he has worn uh, as a three-time premier, was a good move by Robinson. It's going to be interesting to see how Joey Manu fits in with this. He's been we've, we've found out that he's been given a license to basically play a second five-eighth role. Uh, so I don't know how that's going to go. But I think the big improvement is, and I said this when it, when he was out, Sam Verrill's at dummy half has really helped the halves and Victor Radley just get get going. And now that we've got our forwards back, uh, Lindsay Collins, Hargraves, Takiaho return in the next two weeks, I believe things are looking good. Angus Crichton's bounced back into form. He's looked excellent since uh, since the Origin Series. Joseph Suoli is just... I, I can't wrap this kid enough. He's 18. He might arguably be the best winger in the competition at the moment. Alex Johnston. Huh? Alex Johnston. Alex Johnston's the best try scorer in the competition. He all plays round, wing. All round. Plays the wing. I get it. But all round, <laughs> all round a player, I think Joseph Suwali might have him a little bit. And I know you're rolling your eyes at me. That's fine. No, I didn't roll. Um, <laughs> I just I, and, and Teddy is just Teddy. Teddy doesn't have a bad game. So the Roosters are looking good. They're... they're they're primed for a late season run. My bold prediction, Emmanuel, which I told you about, the yes. Roosters won't lose a game for the rest of the regular season. Bold. Yeah. Very bold. Yeah. Um, can everyone remember that one? Please. Yeah. I know yeah. I when, when, when we lose on Thursday night, my DMs are open. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they're always open, <laughs> but you can message him about that on Thursday night. Uh, now, for those of you that forgot in Michael's soliloquy that there is another team playing, it is Manly. Yeah, they're um, not they're, they're not winning. They're, their team is depleted because of the fiasco that we spoke about before. Their supporters are turning up to this game, and they're booing the crap out of the Roosters and playing for every penalty. Great. And this game is going to be a very close contest. Great. If it's raining, they won't turn up. Uh, the Roosters fan knows all about not turning up. Yeah, we're happy to play in a quiet. Break. Okay, so Michael's bold prediction is Roosters win the next six. Um, okay, Friday night, 6 p.m., the Warriors host the Storm. What a cracking game this has turned out to be. Uh, 6, 6 p.m. our time. Stacey Jones opted for another spine reshuffle. Reese Walsh returns to fullback after playing 14 minutes off the interchange last week. Harris DeVita reverts to 5'8". Arcee drops out of the 17. Jesse Arthur's out of... So Marcelo Montoya returns from the wing to centre and Cozy returns to the side on the flank. Fry is named on the bench for his first game since 2020. For the Storm, Craig Bellaby un- has named an unchanged starting 13. Jordan Grant is the new face on the bench in place of Tommy Eisenhuth, who goes to the reserves. Melbourne Mike have lost four. Yeah, uh, the last time they lost three in a row was 2015. Didn't see any stats about when the last time they lost four in a row was. Uh, it's probably been a while. I would guess maybe 2010 when they had that season... Uh, where you know they finished last because they got stripped of all the competition points and they didn't show up every week. Um, I'm still tipping Melbourne. I just think the Warriors at the moment just aren't hidden. The Warriors have won one of their last ten. Yeah, it's just and, and that was and the that game was that game at home. I just it doesn't. I don't. Melbourne will win this game. 
Oh, it's got to happen sometime. Melbourne will win this game. Yeah. They, they are missing Brandon Smith. They are missing Ryan Pappenhausen. They're trying to chase every $500,000 player on a bad team. Josh Adokar, Adam Dewey, Reese Walsh. These players aren't going to be lent to you because you're the Melbourne Storm. Get over it. That's not going to happen. Teams get injured. It happened to the Roosters last year. Souths have had injuries this year. Everyone's had injuries, right? You can't just go and steal other teams' really good players because they're underperforming. It's not going to happen. Melbourne's still going to win this, so. Friday night, Battle of the West. Parramatta hosting Penrith at Combank Stadium. Bryce Cartwright makes his return from a rib injury on the interchange for Parramatta. Jacob Arthur, the player to make way, um, but he remains in the reserves. Mitch Moses requires just five points against the Panthers to hit 1,000 career points. For Penrith, Stephen Crichton will miss the game after suffering a laceration to his left left ear against the Sharks, which required plastic surgery last week. His place is taken by Robert Jennings. Jerome Luai is out with a knee injury. Sean O'Sullivan comes in. After being a late withdrawal in round 19, Moses Leota is listed amongst the reserves. And Charlie Staines has been added to the bench in the place of the injured Mitch Kenny. Mm, interesting one. Parramatta is the only team to beat... Panthers this year and we know that Parramatta have these type of games in them but they've been average the last few weeks they beat the Warriors a week ago but before then they you know big loss to the Souths uh, big loss to the Souths um, well, Friday night they struggled against Brisbane it's really struggled really that. struggled really struggled their attack was just there was nothing there it was, it was very one dimensional nothing was happening um, they were um, really uninspiring against the Tigers too. Mm-hmm. Leichhardt, exactly. uh, South the week before that. Yeah, they've lost to the Dogs. The Roosters they beat. Yeah, but they lost like two weeks before that as yep. well. Yep. Um, I am, I, how can you not tip Panthers? I know Luai's out, but Sean O'Sullivan is... Have Cleary and Sean O'Sullivan played together this year? Because I know that... I don't think, no. So, the, so a bit of trivia for you. Here we go. This is the first time Nathan Cleary hasn't played with Jerome Luai since 2019. Who was the last half to pair with Nathan Cleary? Maloney. Maloney. Interesting. So he's never played with, in the last three years, hasn't played with any other half other than Luai. Well, that's going to be an adjustment for him. We even have to change the origin team for him. Uh, Look, it's uh, Nathan Cleary is awesome and he does, he's the... He'll, he'll be fine. I think he'll be all right. I think he, he will live without Jerome Luai there, and Sean O'Sullivan will do a good job. And if it, the if it was a more competitive opposition this week, yes, like who? I, like a, a cowboy. Okay, so or a shark. This is, this is a good question. Yeah, who is number two at the moment in the NRL? Because Panthers are so clearly one at the moment. And if the Cowboys had lost that game, they would have been 10 points clear. Yeah. Yeah. So who's who's the second best team in the competition at the moment? I have my answer. Brisbane. I think so too. I think Brisbane are the second best team in the competition. Their goal line defence compared to what it was last year, where so often a, a, a prop would just hit it up and score, they do not let teams score on their own try line. And 
Adam Re- what Adam Reynolds has done and Kurt Capewell as well. I think he needs to be recognised as well as one of the buys of the season. What they have done to change the culture and the intensity of how they play up there is incredible. And I think they're the second best team in the competition. Yeah. Tipping Panthers. Ha- having said this, <clears throat> your friend Alan Katzman, yep. I think you sent me this stat, but I did see it on Twitter. So after 18 rounds, five clubs, Penrith, Cowboys, Storm, Souths, and the Roosters are scoring an average greater than 24 points a game. Three clubs, Panthers, Cowboys, and Cronulla, are conceding less than 18 per game. Fourth place, Brisbane, and the seventh place, Eels, are not in either category. Now, the only one that's in both, the only two that are in both, Panthers and the Cowboys. Okay. Defense defense wins premierships. I I expect the Roosters' defense... Possibly Souths, which I think we saw a bit of last week, to tighten. Tighten once they start to get their full-strength teams in. But I, I just think it's going to be too late. I, I'm i going to counter with the Sharks and Cowboys have both had two of the easiest schedules uh, as well. Agree. And that might be one of the reasons why their defense looks so good. Panthers are Panthers. They deserve to have the best defense and the best attack. Um, Sharks did a good job, though. They They tested them. And, you know, it was a competitive game. It wasn't a walkover for them. Um, but Penrith just, they, they, they play the long game and they grind you into defeat. They don't, they're not going to come out and beat you in the first 15 minutes of a game. Yeah. They're going to wear you down yeah. completely and utterly and then they're going to score and then it's too late. And, and I think, Mike, this is back to the point I was making is that if it was a team that wasn't Parramatta... There are weaknesses there now with O'Sullivan and Cleary that I, f- I feel like a sharper team could exploit. That, And I think if it was... Like the Roosters nearly got over Penrith a couple of weeks ago, right? And I feel like if it, if it was a different team there and that, that sh- sharper football minds, it's sort of like how do Queensland and New South Wales handle... Like a Cherry Evans. Mm-hmm. If Manly were playing Penrith this week with a full-strength team, I feel like Manly would be a team that would be able to exploit the Crichton missing, uh, Luai missing. I feel like Cherry Evans would would focus in on that in a way that Parramatta's halves and spine just can't. Yeah, I, I agree. And look, Panthers have had also the benefit the last almost three years of being very, very healthy. Yeah. Very few injuries. Yep. And, you know, they do come. Let's hope that, you know, for the sake of their team, that they don't just start getting a myriad of them at the end of the season and it costs them. At the moment, the Panthers are the only team that can beat themselves. Yeah. This is why it's so hard to go back-to-back, but Penrith probably have the depth to do it. Yes. So Penrith for that. Okay. Actually, we didn't talk about this drama. So Titans host the Raiders at 3 p.m. on Saturday afternoon on the Gold Coast. <laughs> Tino, this, this, this one got buried. Tino moves got to, locked away in a bathroom stall. Yeah, somewhere. moves to prop in. Uh, he smoke bombed out. <laughs> moves to prop in order for Aaron Clark to start at lock, following a couple of impressive outings as a middle forward. Isaac Liu is the man to make way, moving to the interchange, which once again includes Jaden Campbell. Brian Kelly takes Corey Thompson's spot in the 17th, assuming a centre spot, which means Patrick Herbert moves out to the wing. Proctor 
has been released from his commitments with the club for the remainder of the year after he was sanctioned on Monday. For the Raiders, Ricky's stuck with the same 17 that got the job done against the Warriors. Two-try hero Corey Hawaii-Rinara remains on the bench. Um, Valemi's been included in the reserves after missing time with a knee injury. Well, there's no sign of youngster James Schiller in the squad. Yeah, so if you uh, were bombarded with all the other drama that was going on in the NRL, you may have missed that Kevin Proctor during the halftime, uh, during halftime of the Bulldogs game, uh, wasn't wasn't playing, but decided to duck off to a cubicle and film himself vaping. Um, one ridiculous. Two, you're not allowed phones in the locker room. Three. He was on a short. He was barely in the roster anyway, and I think they've been looking for reasons to get rid of Kevin Proctor. He is now being released. Um, was Ricky Stewart named? Because I saw he did his hamstring on the sideline, <laughs> <laughs> celebrating his team's victory. I'm Jimmy the Raiders. <laughs> Hopefully, Ricky's okay. <laughs> he is named. Yeah, he go. is named. Yeah. Uh, well, he did the naming. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sharks host Souths. Saturday, 5.30 in the Bermuda Triangle. Good test for both teams. So for Cronulla, Fitzgibbon named, has named an unchanged side pending veteran forward Finucane's trip to the judiciary, happening now, uh, to fight a dangerous conduct charge. Should Finucane be found guilty, he faces a three-game ban. Uh, Cam McInnes is the most likely man to join the starting side if Finucane is out. For Souths, uh, Mark Nichols is out. Replaced a prop by Daniel Saluka Fafita, who comes into the starting side. Tane Milne is listed amongst the reserves as he looks to return from a finger um, injury. No, I was just trying to see if we and, had anything from Vanukin, but it's still being deliberated. Apparently, ninety minute long. And is a good chance of returning soon. Um, this will be a really, really good game. It will be a good game. Uh, South struggle there. They do, and I've liked what I've seen out of the Sharks' defense the last couple of weeks. Their attack is excellent. Um, they can score some pretty exciting tries. I am tipping Cronulla. Yeah, so Cronulla's defense is far superior to South's. Yeah, South's, South's, South's have an defense, issue on that right edge. Yeah. They do. Especially with Campbell Graham out. Yeah, it's, they really do. Yeah. Uh, Cronulla's don't, Cronulla do not score as many points. Only two points separating them on the ladder. Uh, in terms of streak, both sides have won seven of their last ten. But Souths, probably with a bit more momentum, having won four in a row. Um, last week's game, Mike, Alex Johnston... Scored two of their five tries. Yep. To go ahead again on the top try scorers list. Um, I think he's now got 21 tries for the year. He scored 30 last year um, to equal the all-time record. Yep. Um, he, he's progressing well to do that. Yep. I think I've mentioned this already. He, he's, so he's now on 157 tries. He scored his 100th try. I think he won more and he gets top 10. Yeah, so he well. scored his 100th try at the end of 2020. Yeah. So he's scored 57 tries in, in the last two years. One more try and uh, he equals Josh Morris. Two more tries and he goes to equal eighth with Matt Singh and Hazamel Masri. So um, he is making history every week and it is awesome to watch. Yeah. It doesn't matter who's on that left side no. of the south. They just seem to be able to score down there. Yeah. Uh, 
Richie yeah. Kenner can yeah. even score three. Yeah, Alex Johnson could be on 24. I know, <laughs> I know. It's outrageous, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but also, Latrell, I, I just loved his creativity the other night. Uh, oh, that kicking was, early. That, that was, was <laughs> one of the craziest and most brilliant things I've ever yeah. seen. And if Alex Johnson just got a nice amount of the ball, we would have had a third try. I know. So what happened was, I believe... Melbourne knocked it on. Yeah. Uh, inside, they were they were on like South's ten meter line. Yeah. So South were backed up against their goal line. Yeah. Uh, Melbourne knocked it on, picked up the ball. The truck got it and just booted the ball downfield yeah. because Alex Johnson was ready to sprint. Yeah. And just Alex Johnson just sprinted, got the ball at like the sixty meter line, toe to the head, and just could not get the right bounce for him to yeah. beat. But it was just head, insane play for Latrell. Yeah. One of one of the like best like instinct players I've seen in a long time. Uh, I, the thing I've actually really loved about Origin is that teams are bringing back the early kick, yeah, uh, and just giving a bit of variety. Yeah. Um, someone, sorry. someone did. I think someone put over a chip from like their. Own, I think Daily Cherry Evans did it in the in the Manly game where they were backed up on their own goal line. No, it was Kieran Foran put yeah. in a kick. On his own goal line because the winger was unmarked. And yeah. Morgan Harper just ran yeah. down the field. Yeah. It's it's a great move and yeah. more teams should do it. Yeah. Um, okay. Saturday night, Broncos host the Tigers at Suncorp. Tigers still be fired up from last week. For the Broncos, Cobo remains sidelined, but Billy Walters is back on deck at hooker. So Turpin goes to the reserves. Deloise Hoda replaces Pereira on the wing while Marina... Um, Makes his debut at centre, pushing Branko Lee to the reserves. Tamari Marsden has been named 18th man as he nears a return from a rib injury. For the Tigers, Safarth comes back into the um, comes into the back row for Luke Garner, and the only change to the starting 13 that lost last week to the Cowboys. Diaz is the new face on the bench. Interim coach Brett Kamali missed the Cowboys game with COVID, but he'll be back calling the shots with um, football boss Tim Sheens. Uh, one more player I forgot to mention about the Broncos earlier on. Tezzy New has been awesome since he came back. Uh, really, really giving them a bit of a spark at fullback. Tamari Martin was good when he was there. I mean, Tezzy New is just a bit more of an attacking threat. Um, and apparently this centre for the Broncos is, I read somewhere, the most touted centre they've had Steve, uh, since Steve Renoff. Is that so, right? Yeah, apparently this kid is something special. Um, so I'm how t- long until the Roosters try and sign him? Well, yeah. Or has it already happened? No, no, no. no. I think that we're going to go up after Herbie um, mm. when he's back. I think that's what's going to happen. Um, but <laughs> there's the eye rolling. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, Broncos for me, I think uh, they're, they're plugging along really well. Yeah. Okay, Sunday afternoon, back in Newcastle for the Knights and the Dogs. So Ponga, also in discussions this week, Mike, with concussion uh, after that hit by Matt Lodge, likely to miss the remainder of the season. I think he uh, Which seems to be likely. Um, but Lachlan Fitzgibbon is also out for them. Tex Hoy is the new fullback. 
I think I read he's going to England. He's going to Super League next year. Yep. yep. Brody Jones joins the pack. Croker's the new man on the bench. Kurt Mann and Dominic Young are listed among the reserves as they look to return after missing the Roosters game. For the Dogs, Avarillo returns in the number one jersey, so Declan Casey goes to the reserves list. Uh, Corey Waddell's at the judiciary tonight as well. It's a big night there. And uh, Ray Fatala Mariner is out with rib cartilage injury, so Josh Jackson goes to lock and Topine comes in to the second row. This is a very, very tough game to tip. Uh, I'm going to go the dogs. Yeah. I think that uh, with Ponga out, I just, and you know, I, Dane Gagai got sent off last week for descent, even though it was pretty innocuous. Apparently, he said they're in the effing way at the ref or something like that and got binned for it. Um, but yeah, just. Nothing seemed to be going too well for Newcastle at the moment. Ponga's fifth concussion this year is a it, that is a big, big concern. Um, Can you medically re- retire a five-year million-dollar player for concussion? Look, I don't think medical retirement is in the cards, but I would I would do everything possible to rest him, not have him do any contact till late in training camp, start of next year, and give him as much time to recover from this as possible. I wouldn't take him on the Australian tour. Um, yeah, I just... Bad, bad things for... He is... The thing is, Ponga is the the main asset of that franchise. He yeah. like He's the star attraction. People come to watch Caelan Ponga. Uh, he's their 1.1 or $1.2 million man. He puts bums in seats and you want to do everything you can to protect him. So... While they're sitting in 12th at the moment and sliding, rest him up as much as possible. Bulldogs are on a bit of a bounce back, liking what I'm seeing out of them. Uh, Burton's finally finding that 5-8 role, filling into that 5-8 role and liking what I'm seeing out of them. So I tipped the Roosters last week, Mike. But as you'd expect, I had a vested interest in supporting Newcastle. Yep. Other than that game being exhausting in the first 10 minutes oh, with about awful, 15 stoppages, awful, awful I found minutes. Newcastle's attack just so frustrating, especially because the Roosters... This is another example of a team not having the smarts to target a weakness. The Roosters had Manu out. They are intrinsically weaker without Manu inside in defence. Why not run down the Roosters' right edge? Why wait until the game is over to do so? I mean, I'm glad they scored those, those final tries, but... it. You know, it, it was when the game was a, a foregone conclusion. Yeah, yeah. There's very little there, and I don't know what the solution is coming going forward because, oh, what they're bringing in Luke Brooks next year, maybe Anthony Milford's gone. Is that a solution? I don't. I, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's like solution. Where where is this club heading? Yeah. What where is the improvement coming from? As I said, you've got Caelan Ponga, but other than that, like there's they're, they're losing Mitch Barnett. I guess Adam Elliott's a really good signing. I like that as a signing. Uh, Braley's coming back from an ACL injury. Hopefully he'll be better next year. But even still, like there's, there's not much going on. It's going to be classified as a backward year for them. Yeah. Um, especially after two finals appearances. But having said that, last year's, they had terrible, terrible defense and scraped in on minus 143. Yeah. Okay. Big game Sunday afternoon. Net Strata Jubilee in Sydney. Dragons hosting the Cowboys. 
Cody Ramsey's set to miss two games with a knee injury, so Mbai has taken his number one spot. Jack Bird goes to centre. Tarek Sims comes back into the starting side at lock, and Adam Woods, Aaron Woods joins the bench. With Jaden Sullivan sidelined by shoulder injury, Terrell Sloan gets a recall on the bench for the first game since round 10. For the Cowboys, Todd Payton has named the same 17 that snuck past the Tigers. Ruben Cotter's rehab uh, from his hamstring injury during the round he suffered during the round 15 warm-up is progressing well and is a chance to join the 17 on game day after being named in the reserves. Yeah, uh, I expect Cotter to play given it's a Sunday game. This should be a really good game and important for both teams. Uh, Cowboys obviously want to hold on to that second spot. Dragons want to make the eight. Yeah. Um, a loss here could be damaging to them, uh, especially if you know well, one of Roosters and Manly are going to win. So they need the two competition points to stay uh, in that race and even on those on twenty. I think it'll be twenty-two points at that point. Uh, so, uh, but I still think the Cowboys are the better team. Ben Hunt has is having a career year. He has been excellent. Their team lives and dies by how well he plays. And for the most part, he has played well this year. Uh, he might be the first person to win a Dahlia medal on a team that doesn't make the finals, given where he finished when the voting closed and how he has played, not only in origin, but at club level, uh, in the games where they have won. So, yeah, look, he's a very good chance to win the Dalian medal at the moment. I, I would say that he's the favourite. Uh, but I, I still think the Cowboys defensively are the better team. And they had a bad game against the Tigers, but I, I think they'll bounce back. Yeah, and, you know, the Cowboys, their for and against is so good that even if they lose, they will remain in second spot. Now, I've just read here, Mike, that Fanukin will miss three games after yep. he was found guilty is what I'm read, but I'm reading it from a non-NRL... No, I've got it. I've got it from uh, Christian Nicolosi. Okay. That was guilty, misses three weeks. Yeah, but I understand that man, um, not Manly, Cronulla is now challenging the grading, so they might get it down to a grade two. Okay. Um, so we'll see how that goes before the end of the podcast. So to recap Michael's tips, let's just run through them. So uh, Roosters to win at... Brookvale, Melbourne yep. to win in New Zealand, Penrith to win at Combank Stadium, the Raiders to win on the Gold Coast, uh, Cronulla to beat Souths at Cronulla, Brisbane to beat the Tigers, the Dogs to uh, beat Newcastle, and the Cowboys to beat the Dragons. If you are uh, on a app like ESPN Footy Tips and you've still got your joker up your sleeve, lock it in this week. Add out of eight. It's happening. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of a bumper. Yeah, it was a long one. A lot to get through. Uh, a lot of conversations in between, you know, making our tips. or my tips. Um, but I'm not here next week, so it's just you. All on your lonesome. I know. I know. What excited? fun we're going to have. Are you excited? Yeah. We're gonna How have much Roosters bashing is he going to be? Uh, I actually haven't really thought about who I'm bringing in. I was actually thinking of just hosting a um, panel okay. of dragon supporters. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. Please do. Uh, so I will respond we'll to all of them. Yeah, yeah we'll see how we go. Um, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, Michael is 
going to be away next week. Yeah. Um, well-earned break for our Mike, but I think after the Roosters lose on Thursday night, he's just preempted with a, a trip to flee the country. It's so. going to be the only game of football I watch this week, so yeah. hopefully it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's leave it there, Emmanuel. As always, please don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, like us on all platforms. Uh, if you want to reach out to us on socials, they're in our bio. Uh, and one last thing, Emmanuel, how good is Rugby League? How good is Rugby League? Thanks, guys. <laughs>